0: Welcome. Now, my name is Dee Ludlow. Now, before we get into this episode, go to the description, click the link, and get your M&A Mastery Toolkit. This is a free download, which gives you some of the tools and resources that you need to start your M&A journey. Don't forget, go to the description, click the link, it's a free download, and enjoy the episode.
1: So it's like, then they'd have to ask the question, is Aaron who he says he is, or is he this, you know, clout chasing mm. social media wannabe you know what i mean Mm. it's like how far do you lean into each direction and of course every direction comes with sacrifice so if i was as polarizing as tate on all these subjects would i get more sales yes but being the richest man in the world or a billionaire is that the most important thing for me when i think about when my son grows up what he's going to think of me is that who i want my son to become you know it's it's tough because we'll die and we'll leave our social media footprint
0: and that's what eventually your kids are going to have a look at when they want to remember you So today's episode of 25 on 5, I'm with Aaron Branch, who's recently been seen on Dragon's Den. He's also the CEO of Social Agendas. He's been well-known recently for raising finance for various projects. So today, we're going to be talking about various things in marketing. We're going to be talking a little bit about pivotal people and key people in marketing right now, and also scaling business, and we even discuss Aaron's darkest hour since he has been in business. We're live, so 25 on 5. Aaron, it's good to have you here. Um, Look, you don't need an intro, right? But you've been cooking up a storm, right? Building your business, Dragon's Den, raising money from investors. You've experienced a lot in a very short space of time. You're an author. Um, So based on your experience over the past two to three years, where do you think has been the biggest learning point for you?
1: Um, Great question to kick off. Biggest learning point in the last three years, definitely people management. That is 100% the hardest thing that I found in business is finding the right personalities, hiring the right people, and then also performance management of those people. People are everything, especially in the business that I'm in, you know, the agency space. If you don't have good people that are representing your brand, you're always going to be, you know, chasing your tail because essentially they're the ones who are going to be at the forefront delivering all the promises that you've built this business to deliver. So, yeah, like you said, you know, writing a book, uh, raising money, investing in companies, all that stuff has taken place. But ultimately, the bottom line is none of that stuff can be successful unless you have a solid infrastructure of people around you who are on the right, not just wavelength, but also energy level.
0: Yeah, I agree. And so based off the back of your answer there, where do you feel other social media marketing agencies go wrong?
1: First thing they go wrong with, there's a long list, dude, there's a long list. You know, we have calls about this every single day, like I could show you our Slack channel for, you know, the agency mentorship side of things, and we ask in the questionnaire, you know, what are the biggest challenges, I've got a database full of all the challenges that we hear from other agency owners, but also freelancers, marketers, you know, anybody who's trying to be a service-based digital marketing business, and the thing that comes up the most is primarily sales, dude. How do I get more money in the bank, more cash flow to actually start building the infrastructure and the automation that we all dream of in the business? And without a solid sales process, you know, they always say, oh, I see your ad so much, I see this, I see that. And it's like, why don't you do the same? And through our mentorship, you know, I open up the doors and I show them exactly who we target, how we target, and what we show them. And even still, then, people won't pull the trigger and they'll be hesitant to take big leaps and, you know, do short sprints to make up the ground that they don't have because they're a startup or because they're less known than other agencies out there. So definitely number one is sales. Second, though, if they you know, we do work with a lot of agencies who've got great sales flow, mm-hmm. but the big problem for them is, you know, i speak to one in Edinburgh, mm-hmm. and he's got an amazing agency. He's got 13 team members, and they're scaling, and they're doing really well. But his main problem is he's never built a sales team so he is the one predominantly you know in the business to drive revenue and pay everyone's salary every month now of course that sounds on the surface great because you have sales commissions and all of that stuff he's got a bigger margin blah 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 but at every stage in like your agency growth or business growth you're going to hit a glass ceiling where ultimately you need other people to come in and help you with those functions those tasks for you to scale past it so for him It was all about, look, how do we help you build, manage, same thing I was talking about with people, and performance manage a sales team, because hiring the right people is just one half of the battle, Mm. and once you've hired them, they might be great for the first one, two, three months, because they're all fired up, they remember why they came on board, but then, as as soon as that habit starts to to build, and that routine starts to build, all of a sudden now, these people, they lose that that clarity on what they're there to achieve, so you have to be able to constantly inspire them, but also lead them in the right way and keep them accountable to what it is they do but it can't just be all about the business either they're humans at the end of the day they need nurturing they're emotional beings we're all emotional beings and again in the you know the previous years of my career I had no time for that I was very you know results focused very about the numbers and it literally it didn't even matter what your name was it was all about what could you produce but Again, longevity is the goal, and if you're thinking about building a business sustainably over time, you're going to need to invest in those people—not just financially, but also from a, a human and emotional perspective as well.
0: Yeah, and I feel that a lot of social media marketing agencies—you're you're on the front line, right? So yeah. you, you see, like you said, the things that do them right or wrong. Um, there's a lot of backlash and the sort of general outlook on a lot of social media marketing um, because people have had bad experiences yes. because you know some agencies focus on just small retainers just to get people in. Yeah. Um, and I do feel in the sort of salesy side of social media marketing and also yeah. courses in general, it's yeah. a lot of over-promising and under-delivering yeah. happening, right? And it's probably one of the worst business traits, over-promising yes. and under-delivering would you say based on you know all the stuff that you've done all the back-end systems you've created Mm. is there a secret source or can you just guide people in the right direction
1: i think the secret source for me is actually taking things offline and with all of our training programs so you know i can only speak from our perspective the whole you know business consciousness is all about that automation that scalability that's the main goal right but when we transition so i had a you know, the first and the best-selling course I've ever built is our Facebook Ads training course, mm-hmm. and I built it into a two-day event, so I called it the Facebook Ads Weekend. It was a live event, ten businesses at a time, and it was right before the pandemic. And because I've put so much time into building this presentation and this delivery over two days, I was like, I can't just let this not happen now because of the environment changing. So then I recorded it, and it was brutal. Anyone who's tried recording an online course. It's so time consuming, the amount of focus you need is so deep to get that actually done in a good amount of time. And I recorded the course, went through the pain of it, built it out, and we just started selling the online course. But everybody knows with online courses, the majority of people who finish 100% of an online course is less than 10%, right? It's just the nature of the the business. So what we did was, because we knew that they weren't going to finish the courses, we started saying, okay... How do we actually integrate this now into what's given us the most success, which is bringing people, meeting them, being face-to-face, and everything they've learned on the course before, how can we actually get them to implement it whilst they're with us? Because, again, even if they finish the course, guess what? They're not going to implement shit because it's still scary, and you can't just teach someone how to have confidence, right? They have to experience it and build it up and get that momentum. So now we've kind of got a hybrid. There's no program that we have which is purely online. Literally, and, and it's limiting because that means, you know, people from the States, they can't have this experience in person. Mm. Of course, we can do screen shares, etc., etc. But we'll give them the online modules and then we'll bring them in, build it out, and then we'll support them as well. And for me, that has seen the biggest results because not only do they build the confidence and the knowledge base, they have to execute it what is the you know, the main, the main challenge is finishing the course. Well now they know they've got a deadline to turn up at our office and if they don't know shit, how can we do shit? So it's like you're either gonna do it, we're gonna execute it perfectly, or you're gonna be like, No, I haven't finished the course, I need to extend but that deadline gives accountability. So for anyone who's, you know, got that challenge with their online platforms or coaching, I think the only thing that I can say is you need to and it's not scalable. It's like, okay, now I've got to have a coach who's going to take them through that training. We've got one happening today. It's happening at the office right now. And like, that means we've got to have a coach. That's another salary. You know, All of this infrastructure, the planning, the, the organization is so much harder than just pressing, oh, enroll, you're done. You know what yeah. I mean? But at the same time, it's about the, the long-term vision and making sure that people are getting the results. Because everyone's trying to sell their course on how long it is, how much value's in it. All of this stack is so big and everyone's got the most valuable course. But ultimately, it's all about the result that they get. And if they don't get the result, the course wasn't shit. If they do get the result and they only took 20% of it, guess what? You've solved their problem and they're probably going to come back to you when they've got a new problem as well.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I think one of your skill sets, I think, that really stands out is the public speaking, right? I feel that, you know i you know, a great public speaker. You know, I've seen you speak. Um, and as much as you're very good at all the other stuff in the business, you've also done a very good job of building a team and outsourcing a lot as well. Yeah. How important do you feel in this day and age, everything is video, right? How yeah. important is being able to pick your phone up or get in front of a camera, yeah. feeling confident? And I understand there is a... There is source behind that, right? But how how important do you feel that is now moving forward into the way things
1: are going? 100% is the most.
0: Welcome to Business Beyond Borders, the go-to podcast for CPA firms seeking transformative insights. I'm your host, Lawrence Whittam, and with each episode, we'll uncover key insights, best practices, and invaluable resources tailored for CPAs. From trending strategies to diving deep into outsourcing and offshoring, our experts will help in all areas of your business.
1: you're plugging you're plugging like everything I do now. so I'm like yeah I talk about this. But you're talking about problems that exist that we we're, we're actively building solutions based on what we see from working with over like a 1000 businesses over the years. We've just started to think of the Power Speaker program, right? So I actually said okay, I'm not doing any more public speaking gigs unless they're paid because I've done so many now. Unless it's my own event and we're going to make a, you know, monetization goal at the end of it. I'm not doing them because it's just so much value and the return isn't direct. Yes, it's so powerful. You expand your network. Blah, blah. I've got a great network. My ads do that for me. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. So I invest in that anyway and that's automated. Mm. But we started this program because look, we can build the best funnel, the best adverts. You, I can make anyone look like an amazing mm. business owner or uh, any product look amazing from just having a good brief, shooting the content and putting it on ads. Mm. But then what happens after the ads? If it's, a call that needs to take place and a consultation or a sales interaction now these people have to actually step up and be able to speak directly to their customers and then you start seeing okay we generated you X amount of leads we've done it under budget so you've done we've hit your target for less than you thought you'd spend now it's your time to pick up the phone and actually convert these sales and immediately it's 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 crickets for not the majority but for a lot of businesses that they get everything. They think everything's in the solution from the funnels, the ads, all of that stuff. But ultimately, it's down to how you communicate. And being a good public speaker is just having good communication skills. And if you don't have good communication skills and you don't have that ability right now, we're all public speakers if you speak to a camera. If you can't just pick up your phone and communicate your message, you're losing out on so many opportunities. Forget just monetary opportunities, collaborations, all of that stuff comes off the back of People understanding what it is you're trying to communicate what your beliefs are how you you know go about what you do all of that stuff can be explained simply through social media and if you put into context the amount of people you can reach if you can do that it's just the best way to scale anything whether it's a charity a business whatever it is public speaking is so important right now
0: yeah now talking about that you just mentioned about you know first and foremost making them look good you get in. People on the phone right customers on the phone so for you personally do you sell in-house or do you outsource to a remote sales team
1: in-house, in-house. and man I could tell you stories about these outsourced sales teams they are but <laughs> I don't know what your experience is with outsourced sales teams so I use I use a remote sales okay, team and it's going well yeah maybe you found the right the right yeah, one. yeah. so when I'm I mentioned that that client who's doing all the sales himself he's burnt out he can't do more sales because he hasn't got enough time in his, his life to even yeah. be able to open his calendar and that was me once upon a time you know four years ago I first turned on my my funnels I first figured out the you know how this stuff works and I was getting more leads than I knew what to do with and it was the most exciting time in my career because I've never had this much demand mm. people coming to me and asking me how I can help yeah. whereas previously it's always targeting the right people organically and just kind of hoping that something's going to change as people are going to come out mm. to you. So, that, you know, as an as a ex-athlete, I was like, you know what, I'm going to push this to the max. I need to see what I can do on these phones because then I can measure the performance of anyone else against myself. Mm. If I gave them 10 calls, I had 10 calls myself, mm. what's the difference? And then I got ill. I lost my voice. I was doing 10-hour call sits every day. And I was like, I'm not turning that ad spend down because... You never know what's going to change. You can't just take for granted the social media power we have right now. Soon it might not be there, right? Mm. So you've got to make the most of the opportunity. So I did that, burnt myself out, got sick, lost my voice, and then I was in panic mode. Do I turn off my my ads, lose all the the learning that's happened through Facebook and Instagram, and then start again when I recover? Or do I start looking at these outsourced sales teams, Mm. right? So... First place I went was on the, you know, uh, there's a site called Bark, which has all of these quote-unquote closers, right? <laughs> then what I realised, I'll give you the summary, because, uh, you know, I don't want to, look, this amazing, I, I've got clients who are outsource sales agencies, and they kill it. Yeah, yeah. But for some reason, I know, if, they, if I signed up as a client, they're just not going to do it for me. <laughs> I just know it's not going to happen, yeah. right? And I gave, I went on Bark, I found this, this uh, you know, all these agencies, and then what I saw rea- so then I was like boom I'm signed up first call close you've got me let's go where yeah. do I send the leads where do I send the script where do I send the offers send them all over um, oh it's gonna take us you know ten days to to administer you into the system and then start calling you leads. Oh, it's too long next let me go to my network so I went on to uh, Instagram and, and LinkedIn who I here as contract sales Great, whole inbox filled up, amazing. One, two, three. You guys look the most credible. Had calls, um, and again, first first call close. I'm ready. To, all right, and they're not expecting that. They're thinking, oh, I've got this whole process where they're yeah. gonna go, and they're like, oh shit. I'm like, yeah, i want to send you leads right now. <laughs> are you ready to go? And these guys have got marketing background some of them, right? And what I realized ultimately was these these guys and girls are really good at closing you on closing for you, Mm. but then when it came to actually just administering the sales process which cut out all the bullshit is just about picking up a phone and fucking dialing someone, yeah, forget the emails, forget the pre-qualification, you've got everything you need, I've already asked all the questions in the questionnaire, the hard part is the work, picking up the phone and dialing, and so many of these people were just so reluctant to do it at the volume that I was doing it, Mm. so I was like, okay, let me increase the commissions, alright, it's not happening. You're not your call time. I can tell. I can see it's not. You know, you haven't touched these. I was still dialing the leads to say, oh, "Have you spoke to my team?" They're like, no, no one's reached out. I'm like, what's going on? What are you waiting for? And so I was like, all right, let me increase the commission structure. You're going to make double if you can just, you know, get the result. All they have to do is make offers. That's all that our sales process is. It's no trickery, no magic. It's literally qualify their needs, give them a solution that is best for their budget and we would never even get to that point and it happens so many times and then worst case scenario and this is for anybody who's thinking of you know taking that risk without a qualified referral which you know you've obviously got one but um, ultimately we've transitioned now to in-house sales teams and and reps and performance managing them but then the worst case scenario dude and I'll never forget this guy and uh, I still can't believe it as I say it I give him the leads and he starts pitching his own shit. Oh, like. Turns out, I call a client, hi, you spoke to my team, yeah, great, great, great. Yeah, I've signed up for his thing. <laughs> oh, my. Three grand. Wow. Can you believe it? Wow. Even to this day, four years later, yeah, I'm still in shock. I'm oh, like, oh, the, wow. the audacity.
0: That's insane. And I'm going to do
1: what, yeah, and he told me about the other pro- product, but I'm going to do that, you know, <laughs> as soon as I've finished with this. And I'm like, are you kidding me, dude? And these are the kind of people who i had the bad experience of working and maybe it was me too urgent needed an immediate solution couldn't qualify people quick enough again that's been a big challenge like i said in the beginning hiring the right people and even the right freelancers and outsourcers to collaborate
0: yeah look you know is it's, it's I, I can imagine it being a minefield luckily i did have a referral um, yeah. it was a good friend of mine sales team and then one of the clothes is basically a kind of in-house now so um, yeah but yeah, I can imagine how hard that would have been. And yeah. You're trusting people, and especially the volume that you had, you kind of needed people on tap, right? Oh, 100%. So. Or
1: turn the lead flow off, and that was yeah, never yeah. even a that, – that, never. I'm never no. going to do that because as soon as you lose that momentum, you're starting from scratch. <sighs> yeah. And all of those people who inquired, they're in the market to buy. Yeah. So as soon as someone else hits them, they're going to take the first solution. Yeah. And that means you just can't do it. So – Again, that was my experience. So now, to answer the question, we have in-house sales teams. We have them for the last three years. It's also an offer called CEOs Don't Close now. So you know, so many of these agencies, they're doing all the closing. Guys, you need to learn how to hire and, and actually yeah. get someone performing. And there's so many KPIs that you need in place. Yeah. You can't just give them leads and hope for the best. It's <laughs> an absolute
0: no-no. No. Yeah, it's 100%. And I think that that's one of the things I feel that, people is a, it's a big, big misconception really when those leads come in the, the clothes inside of it is an art it's yeah. the whole thing even the whole process because you know at the end of the day they were representing your brand when they do it as well yeah. so you know you and you know how quick all that goodness can yes. just go. disappear it's one
1: phrase one word away one one tonality yeah. wrong and it's you know all these these things like smile through the phone and stuff as silly as they sound someone's tonality changes when they're smiling right and like there's so many individual benchmarks you just can't leave them unmanaged it's like anybody in life you can't leave them unmanaged and hope for the best you've got to control the environment the process and ultimately train them and give them the time they need to be able to do the job properly
0: definitely so moving on to launching a product right or service whichever one um first and foremost to launch a product or service if you have no brand equity you need to get attention and engagement, right? And then you need to yeah. get a bite on that interaction, right? Once the interaction is there, then people go into some sort of funnel, into a conversion, right? Yeah. Now, over time, whatever's been classed as most important has changed so many times here, right? Yeah. Now you're seeing, because of the short-form video content that's going out there, most important things the hook but then someone else could say something else. But I, I see that a lot, most people are saying the hook's the most important mm-hmm. thing now, right? What do you think is the most important thing and how have you seen that change? Especially even over 12 months, this changes so yeah. quick.
1: From a content perspective, yeah, yeah. launching from scratch.
0: Launching from scratch, no brand
1: equity, just... <sighs> the most important thing is, is just building that trust for me. You've gotta have trust and you've gotta be consistent. But it's all, you know, oh. that sounds, you've actually, the most important thing which everybody's seeing right now, and I've gotta give him a big shout out, that guy Cobra Tate, right? Yeah this guy is polarizing the world. You either love him or you hate him. And even I've taken some reference points from that because sometimes as a business owner, you want to be so politically correct. You don't want to offend people. You don't want to it's like politics, any CEO in the world, they've got the PR team in their business, you know, big businesses saying to them what they can and can't say. It's like being a prime minister, you can and can't say this, well, not in our case, obviously, in the UK. (laughs) But, um, you know, most organisations who have a vested interest in what people say, they'll tell them what they can and can't do. And sometimes the CEO, we're victims to that, because we're always trying to, you know, tiptoe around how we really feel at the expense of offending people. And you think that could be detrimental, but in, in reality... You have to be so certain of your belief system and your points and what you believe as an entrepreneur that naturally you are going to polarize people now i'm not saying i agree with by the way all the stuff that that tate guy but yeah. i understand what he's doing from a marketing perspective mm-hmm. and i can only respect it because it's genius yeah. and it's something with social media right now is you want to you want to be very committed to your beliefs But you also need to be, as you said, the short-form content, straight to the point, let people know, punch them in the face so they understand, virtually of course, um, who you are, what you do and why you do it. And if they do like it, great, come closer. If they don't like it, great, actually move away because the biggest killer of any social media marketing campaign for sales or brand launch or product launch is all of the people in the grey area. Mm -hmm. They're sitting in the grey area, they're not that interested but they're also not disinterested. So they're just sitting there on the fence and you're gonna to have to build a shitload of fence because you're always tiptoeing around how you truly feel. So re- realistically, you're better off going after a smaller group of people who believe what you believe about your product, about your industry, about your you know benefits of what you do, than trying to please everybody. And you know, the older and the more experienced I've become on social media, I've been doing now for six and a half years, professionally, if yeah. you could even call it that, right? The more experience I've gained, the less I give a shit at what people care about and think of my content. And it's just like, I don't care anymore. I have no validation from it anymore because it's just like, you know, a picture of me and my, my Porsche will get shitloads of engagement. I will just test this stuff just mm. to see is this really the consciousness of what we're dealing with still on social media? And it will get massive engagement. And then you put a piece of content out telling people how to change their life and how to actually increase their income or sell more product and support their families and build financial security, they don't give a shit. So it's just the, the economy and the social circumstances we're in right now is all about that instant gratification. It always has been, but now the mediums have shifted to social media in such a way where, man, we're all, we're all a part of it. You know, If I don't get in- interested at the hook on a piece of content, I'm gone.
0: Yeah.
1: You know what I mean? It could be anything and that's why social media is not just for business. Ultimately, it's for entertainment. So you need to figure out how can I make entertaining content that hooks people in, and then I can also tell them about X, Y, Z that I'm doing, which again is is an art form within itself.
0: Andrew Tate, yeah, Cobra yeah, yeah. Tate, the whatever. Tate, the, the Tate. Tate, yeah, <laughs> um, what they call him anymore? There's so many TikTok profiles. Yes. So he has definitely been. He's put himself out there. Mm-hmm and he's basically conquered social media in a very short space of time. Yeah. Now you see him on pretty much every large podcast there is. is. He's being treated like a celebrity everywhere he goes. Now, my question for you is being in the social space and analyzing different platforms, could he have done it on any other platform other than TikTok?
1: Right now, no. Mm. Absolutely not. And you look like he's huge. he's been by the way, he's been making content a long Since time. Since he's like
0: it's sub twenty, right? Yeah, yeah. He, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. been
1: there from the dawn of other platforms like YouTube. Back then, was up for grabs when it comes to audience. Yeah. Um Instagram, I haven't really paid attention to his Instagram, no, but he sure. doesn't post, or he doesn't. First of all, he doesn't even post his own stuff. <laughs> Apparently, you know that's that's what he puts out there. That these affiliates of his yeah. are obviously building the profiles um, and affiliate in his course. But right now, obviously TikTok. Everyone knows. It. I don't even have to say it no more. It's actually boring saying it. But TikTok is. the the place where you're gonna get the most traction in the shortest space of time and what he's done is he said forget getting the shortest amount of traction on one profile let's incentivize all these young kids to go and build a hundred or a thousand profiles repurposing all of the stuff I built and that's gonna reach far more people than him trying to manage it himself Mm. because they've all got an incentive to make bank off the back of his program and because he's so polarizing and entertaining
0: it works He's very off the wall with his opinions as well, so I feel that people gravitate towards it. Whether and most people probably dislike him, and um, you know he's not a very likable person. The way how opinionated he is on very touchy topics.